I'm content, but contentment doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy. Right. So happiness is eating a pizza. Contentment is going to the gym and staying healthy because uh, I want to keep a healthy body. Right. And that doesn't include pizza. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are glad you are here with us today because we have another exciting guest we want to introduce. Liam Martin is joining us today. Liam is the founder of two seven-figure location independent businesses, Staff.com and TimeDoctor.com. He is also the founder of Running Remote Conference that is held in Bali this June. Liam hopped on the show with us and gave us so much valuable content that we divided the interview into two different podcast episodes. His second show will be published next. On the show today, Today, Liam discusses what it's like building two seven-figure location-independent businesses simultaneously with remote teams. We then start chatting about Liam's goal of getting on 120 podcasts in 100 days. Being that we created 100 podcasts in 100 days, we got into a great discussion about tactics we both use to make this happen. Later in the show, we discuss how Liam used these podcasts to build his conference. It's another incredible episode, you guys, one I highly recommend. Without further ado, let's welcome Welcome Liam to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Guys, I'm incredibly excited to have Liam Martin on the show. How are you, Liam? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Chris? Uh, I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. And I hear you're calling in from the great met- metropolis of Ottawa, Canada, right? That is that is correct. The nation's wow. capital. Yes. Why would why would such a location independent entrepreneur be hanging out in Ottawa, Canada? Because it is a very quiet place to get work done where there are no distractions. Yeah. Uh, people call it the San Francisco of Canada, and it's true. Nothing happens here past ten p.m. <laughs> but uh, so so why else would they call it the San Francisco of Canada? It has some of the biggest tech companies. In the world here, really? uh, particularly in SaaS, yeah. So Shopify is based out of here. They're top three SaaS companies on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the fiber lines that the fiber line that we're probably connecting on right now was built uh, here in Canada or in Ottawa. All of the fiber, basically, infrastructure was built there and here. And we have a really great kind of 
backdrop of just huge, mostly in the enterprise space, which is also why not many people kind of see Canada and Ottawa as that type of hub. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to spend over a million dollars on technology, Ottawa is definitely one of the big hitters. And the only one that's really popped up recently that's been huge, like the multi, you know, I think they're worth $20 billion now is Shopify, uh, which is great. So if you could give the the guests, the listeners, a perspective on where Ottawa is, because we have a mutual friend from Ottawa, Chris Gimmer, who's been on the podcast too, from Snappa. Mm-hmm. And when he when I first met him, he um, was telling me about Ottawa. And I thought it was like in the middle of Canada, you know, and there's Eskimos around. And <laughs> I had never heard of it before. He said, oh, it's just a small town in Canada, that sort of thing. But it's it's close to uh, Toronto, right? Yeah, it's about five hours south to Toronto and about an hour and a half uh, east to Montreal. Right. So Montreal is a really great spot. That's where I go and have fun. Yeah. And then I work here in Ottawa. And you're really not so far from New York either, are you, in the East Coast? How 45 far? minutes, wheels up to wheel down. Yeah. Uh, you know, $120 flight, so pretty yeah. easy to New York. How cool. Well, we're glad to have you, man. Uh, I, I, I want to dig into, like, I'm amazed at kind of the results that you've created, but um, I know that you're working on some projects that are really cool, that are really exciting that we can dig into here later on in the show. But but give the listeners a briefing about who you are and, and what you've done so far. Sure. So my name is Liam Martin. I'm a human on Earth, 35 <laughs> years Welcome young. to our planet. Thank you. And I, uh, I am the co-founder of Two technology companies, timedoctor.com and staff.com. And we're also running a conference in Ubud, Bali, end of June, called Running Remote, which is assembling pretty much the smartest people that we thought of connected to building remote teams. So we've got like Joel from Buffer, we've got Amir from Doist, we have uh, Sarah from FlexJobs, we have GitHub, GitLab. Uh, Jiro is coming, a whole bunch of different awesome tech founders and companies, and they're all going to talk about how they've built their companies remotely. And I know for a lot of listeners that are probably listening right now, that sounds pretty awesome, and it is, because uh, we're basically just going to party in a big, huge bamboo treehouse in a booth, <laughs> uh, which is why I'm on this podcast and why I've been doing all these promotions over the last uh, three to four months. So those are the three, two companies and one conference that I'm really passionate about. How long has, uh, when did you start staff.com and, and Time Doctor? <clears throat> they were both started uh, six and five years ago. Okay, great. So Time Doctor is six years old and, and staff is five years old. Was it easy to build those two businesses during the same time? Or I'm sure it had its own set of challenges, but <clears throat> I'm curious about the logic of that. Um, looking back on it now, quite possibly could have been a mistake when I look strategically at where we could have gone just with one product versus two products. However, um, for my own personal gain, my own personal sort of exploration of the space, I learned a lot. Like I learned pretty much double the amount of information in the same amount of time building two technology companies. But um, yeah, it's very interesting to look back strategically on where 
all of our pieces could have fit in. So Time Doctor is a time analytics tool for remote teams. So we measure the websites, applications, mouse movements, and keyboard movements associated with tasks on um, a remote worker's computer. So if you assign someone a JIRA ticket as an example, or a Basecamp ticket, or an Asana ticket, you will, that user will be able to track not only, hey, how long did that task take, but what what that person actually did to accomplish that task. And we realized at that point that there were a couple companies out in the space that you probably already know of, uh, Elance and Odesk and Freelancer, mm-hmm. and they all were focused on contract, uh, like projects. So you could get a $500 website built on Odesk, but you couldn't get a web designer. Right. So staff.com for us was kind of looking at the other side of that market saying, hey, well, let's build a database of long-term remote workers because we have 80 people in our company, 80 plus people in 27 different countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, our entire business is remote. We eat our own dog food. We fundamentally are all remote um, uh, contractors and workers. So we thought, well, there must be other people out there that want this as well. So we started a two-sided marketplace and we called it staff.com. And that worked out really well the first year. Uh, the first year we were doing about 86,000 MRR um, off, of, off of staff. And then the next year we were doing, I think, 115. Wow. So, you know, the breaks kind of just the, the, the traction did not get us where we needed to go. Uh, to go from 86 your first year to 115 your next year, like you should be doing 200 your next year. So we really looked at that and thought to ourselves, why is this happening? We understood the deep down, we, we understood a, a churn problem that wasn't being reported to us by customers, but we found out about it through other means, which was basically people were poaching people off the platform. Ah, uh, yeah. So we had 11% monthly churn. And for anyone that's interested in building a SaaS business, if you have anything above 5%, you're in trouble. Basically, you can't build an eight-figure business you have, if you have above 5% churn. Um, and so we kind of recognized where we needed to go to be able to get down to below 5%. And it would probably cost us another $10 million to be able to get to that point and realize that that wasn't, that wasn't really the right move to make. Plus, Time Doctor was growing like gangbusters at that point and realized, well, shit, let's shut down this two-sided marketplace and instead focus on more the enterprise space. So Staff.com is basically an enterprise version of Time Doctor, and that product specifically focuses on machine learning and artificial intelligence as it connects to HR. So we can, as an example, tell you with an 89% accuracy rate whether your employee is going to quit his or her job six months before they do. Wow. Something like staff.com. That's basically what it is. It's high-level HR kind of uh, machine learning tools. That's amazing, man. Very impressive. So let's dive into over the past hundred and how many days, Liam? About 120 days. 120 days you've done how many podcasts? More than 120. Uh, <laughs> I believe the I believe the count on my on my sheet here was like 128. Yeah. I believe approximately. So let's just call it 130 because I know I have two more today. Ah, that's impressive. Are your vocal cords blown out yet? 
not yet. I'm speaking very low, and I've got a very nice microphone. Yeah, that's uh, so great. I don't have to scream. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of listeners listeners know, but we do these these runs of a uh, hundred podcasts also. And in the first batch we did was a hundred podcasts in a hundred days with a hundred thousand dollar entrepreneurs and higher. I had this fear. I want to tell you a little bit about my story because I'm curious if you can relate. But -hmm. I had this fear like after 30 that I I would run out of friends. And then I would then I'd have to Mm -hmm. hustle really hard and do some really, you know, a lot of research to get people onto the show. And what I found is like, you know, all of a sudden I hit 50. I wasn't out of friends yet. And I had plenty of people in the dugouts that were ready to come on onto the podcast. And mm-hmm. it's for me, it seems like, you know, there's, this is a great thing about podcasting. It doesn't seem like there's ever a lack of people that want to share their story, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it all levels, you know, because then we did the seven or a hundred uh, podcasts with seven figure location independent entrepreneurs. And people actually told me, you know, they said, you know, Chris, you're gonna have to change your game a little and hustle a little harder to get the seven figure entrepreneurs on the show. And, mm-hmm. and it's not true. Like it's been just as easy getting to seven figures as it has the six figures. So, so, but mm-hmm. you're doing, this is what's amazing. You're being a guest on a hundred, 120 podcasts in a hundred days to promote mm-hmm. your event. And, um, tell me how you, how you're doing it, how you're breaking it down, how you're getting, um, getting these interviews. Cause I know there's a thousands of people <clears throat> that want to be on lots of podcasts. So, it comes down to uh, three separate kind of categories. There's people, there's processes, and there's tools. You need to have all three working properly in order for anything to really succeed, like doing a whole bunch of podcasts, uh, basically doing an inhuman amount of podcasts. <laughs> if it was just me sitting down and doing podcasts. Maybe if I was working full time, I could hustle. Right. 130 podcasts in you know 90 to 120 days, but. It's completely impossible for me to do that. I spend, uh, let me actually just pull up my data here, pull up my Time Doctor data, and I can tell you very specifically. Oh, yeah. I spent uh, 52 hours and 30 minutes approximately doing the podcast task, right? So I keep a running tally of exactly where those resources and that time is going. However, the two employees that were working with me to be able to accomplish these tasks, they've spent cumulatively 200 hours Wow! over the last. So yeah, so we're talking about 250 human work hours, right? 250 human work hours to be able to get 120 podcasts. So it works out to about two hours per podcast and take into consideration, I probably, some are 30 minutes, some are two hours. So, um, you know, you kind of run the numbers on that one with regards to where we're currently at. But basically, the first step is we uh, we have the right people. So we had a team of um, people that reached out to uh, or sorry, that we reached out to and we got our research team to assemble. I think initially a couple hundred podcasts that we made very specific pitches to. Mm hmm. Uh, and we use a tool called BuzzStream to be able to do that. For anyone that's kind of interested in doing just large-scale outreach, we BuzzStream is pretty much a social CRM. So it's a it's a CRM specifically designed for link building, but it allows it, it's great for podcasting as well. So we would send out a message saying, 
hey, Chris, uh, this is, Le- uh, you know, I'd love to be able to talk to you about getting on to your podcast because um, we have a mutual friend who um, works at Fireside Conference, and he suggested that I speak to you about going on to this conference. And um, I think that it would be really great because we have these seven-figure businesses uh, that I think you know your your audience would love. Mm-hmm. And it's very contextual, so we usually spend about five to ten minutes just prepping those messages before they go out, and then there's a follow-up sequence as well on top of that. And those just went out through Buzzstream using uh, through through our staff. And then uh, the outreach just kind of basically happens from there where they're all booked in. The big difficult part was actually scheduling all of the bookings properly. Uh, You'd be blown away at how many podcasters don't, like they have a podcast, but they don't really have the process connected to booking. um, Yeah, that's crazy. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So like we'll have some people that will just have their game totally set up saying like, okay, cool. Here's, Here's the link schedule a time Mm -hmm. here's you know sometimes some of them are really great like they'll have a producer that will come in and chat with me beforehand and discuss all of the thing that we're going to talk about um and you know some of them are very professional but then some of them are not some of them are just like well yeah okay we'll we'll meet at this time and i'm like i can't just (laughs) kind of meet at this time because Uh i have four podcasts a day that i'm doing so what i need to do is uh, i need to send you this link which is scheduling those times and putting in where are we going to do the podcast? What are the what are the points that we're going to have um, that we're going to talk about? You know, all of that kind of the logistics that you need to be able to basically be successful in podcasting. So um, we actually built that infrastructure as well because we just had a whole bunch of podcasters that kind of just didn't really have their game together. They were just getting started. Yeah. So we uh we could we can now run we actually do now run a podcast um because we just realized well we've got to build out the process and the infrastructure to be able to handle it even as me going and speaking on other people's podcasts so very interesting process and it kind of boiled down to those couple hundred i think it was 300 people that we reached out to worked out to approximately 60 podcasts and then those 60 podcasts have produced another 60 podcasts approximately just by uh, word of mouth yeah well just someone you know oh i heard you on this podcast yeah i liked your podcast uh could you would you like to be on my podcast no problem because my perspective with regards to podcasts which is counterintuitive to what uh to to conferences and running remote is i actually think the ability for people to listen to you for 60 minutes even if it's 100 people that's as much as you would probably get at a small conference and I can do four a day. Whereas if I pull myself out of the game and I go to a conference for two days, I'm committing myself to be there for two days, which is a huge commitment on my part. Uh, I could probably do eight or nine podcasts in exchange for that one speaking event. So it, it really does when you look at kind of distribution podcasts are a great way to do it you've just got to sit down and grind it out right that makes sense like what you're hearing so far guess what we have another podcast interview with liam coming out very soon liam gave us so much value that we had to break it up into a couple shows we hope you'll hop on the show to learn about what liam has to say about building a conference and some insight into this incredible entrepreneur and now back to the show
Have you, I don't know if there's a way to, if you've guys calculated it, so the listeners know, and, and make sure that I'm correct too, Liam, your, your primary objective of the podcast was to promote the running a re- remote conference, correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay. And so have you calculated what type of signups you've got for the conference based on podcast only? Yes. Okay. Uh, we've moved 16 tickets through podcasts directly through to UTM parameters and through um, uh, coupon codes. Okay. So we know that we moved 16 tickets. Tickets are, I mean, they vary because early birds were cheaper, but they it's $1,000 right now for a ticket. Okay. Um, if I'm going to just sort of shotgun estimate that right now, we probably moved $10,000 in okay tickets just from just from doing those podcasts now that's the actual podcasts that that those are the tickets that were sold with a utm parameter or with a coupon code but there are other variables that you take into consideration about 75 percent of our tickets have no tracking whatsoever unfortunately Mm. so you kind of have to what i usually do and for anybody that's that's looking at user acquisition and really trying to, because a lot of guys, they just kind of think, okay, well, let's do, do, do podcasts, a lot of them. And, and that's a great move to make, right? If you fill up your time <laughs> until your time, once your time is completely full, then be strategic about what you want to do. Right. But until you have a, fr- if you have a free minute, you could be writing a blog post, doing a YouTube video, putting together a podcast, like just work until you're full and then figure out your strategic moves after that. But let's say you're completely full on your workday, we look at 75% of tickets have no tracking whatsoever. 25% of tickets do. So we just delete those 75% of tickets and don't count them as we don't even pretend to know where they're coming from. All we do is we assume the 25% are that full funnel. And then we, we basically break. So anything that we can track, we then break it down and say, okay, well, yeah, we only moved 25% of tickets with a UTM parameter or a coupon code, but let's break that down and figure out where those sources are from and then extrapolate that to the full 100%. So so what would be the percentage then of people going to the conference based on that 25% that heard through the conf- through the, the podcast? It's uh, approximately probably 5% okay. at this point that go through the podcast. So podcasts are... Uh, there's other added advantages as well, uh-huh. which is the um, you get backlinks, which yeah. is also great for building out you know your your conference that's completely brand new and has no referring domains whatsoever. Uh, so that's quite powerful. But then secondarily to that, again, you just kind of build long-term brand rapport. So mm-hmm. someone listening to you for sixty minutes, maybe they're not going to buy today, uh, but you've made a brand impression. And then when they see that retargeting ad in nine months from now, when we start, you know, the second year of the podcast, they already have built that relationship with me because they've listened to me for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever it might be. So there are some outside variables. I still think it's a very profitable thing to do to deploy my time on. Uh, But for anyone that's going to run a conference, I would probably say email lists are awesome. Uh, that's about 50% of our sales and then a really focused paid advertising campaign to back that up. So if I had to choose one weapon, I would say reaching out to people and getting them to mail 
so all of the speakers at the event emailed their email list. And that basically got us to break even right then and there, uh, which was awesome. And, and it just comes down to actually having good quality speakers and building those relationships with those speakers, which I think is kind of disingenuous to not mention. And then on top of that, it is building a really solid retargeting campaign and making sure that everybody that has, is in any way interested in your event knows that, hey, prices are going to go up in seven days. Right. You, know, you need to buy right now before it goes up by $200 a ticket. And that usually every time that we move our ticket prices up, we move more tickets. Um, two or three days before. So it really just comes down to that is making sure that you're informing your uh, customers or your possible customers about when those ticket prices increase in the right way. I want to talk more about building conferences, um, but I have one more podcasting question. From this process, what have you learned that the podcasting world really needs but doesn't have? Hmm. What do they need, but they don't have? I, I would say some podcasters definitely need process mm-hmm. uh, and procedures. Some of them do have that and they do it fantastically well. I would say actually something that was quite rare, two things that happened to me was I'm doing these 130 podcasts and I'm not saying that you have to do this, Chris, but it is. <laughs> it was a very interesting uh, two podcasters sent me very thoughtful gifts afterwards, yes, uh, which I thought were fantastic. So one woman, uh, Zoe Ruth, who was, she's writing, or she wrote a book on how to manage a team. And uh, it was a fantastic podcast, very nice woman. And she said, you know, I'm going to send you a copy of my book. But based off of the conversation that we had in the podcast, there's another book here in my library that I think that you really should take a look at. And it's quite good. And it's, you know, it was, I can't remember the book right now. I'm actually just about to grind through it. And she said, yeah, there's this chapter in here that you should really take a look at. So two or three weeks later from Australia, uh, these books arrived and she dog-eared all of the sessions (laughs) that I should read. Wow, that's amazing. That's so, just building that relationship to me was was huge because I just really appreciated uh, what she was doing and she took the time to think about the podcast, think about where I was, think about what she could have done to have helped me out and then just gave me that specific thing, uh, which was amazing. Another person who... Um, you know, we just had this joke about, I can't remember what it connected to pizzas and the podcast was, was finished and it was probably about a 30 minute podcast. Um, and, uh, I think I was talking about contentment and happiness. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe those are two separate things. I'm content, but contentment doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy. Right. So happiness is eating a pizza. Contentment is going to the gym and staying healthy because, uh, I want to keep a healthy body right. and that doesn't include pizza. So this guy was kind of poking fun at me saying, but pizza is pretty good. And I said, yeah, pizza is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so then his, uh, he emailed my assistant and said, Hey, can I get Liam's address? I'm not, a, I'm not a creep or anything like that, but I want to, uh, Uber eats him 
a pizza. So then that day, I, an Uber Eats guy shows up with a pizza <laughs> on the pizza box, just being like, yeah, you should, you should try to throw a little bit more happiness into your life. That's great. I love yeah, that. I mean, those types of things are just, they make an impact for me. And um, obviously, we were pitching them on doing that podcast. But in the future, if those guys reached out to me and needed something, they would be at the top of my list. Yeah. I, I've had a similar experience. I've done, I think, about 190 podcasts um, interviewing others. And I can name the people that have sent me a gift after they were on my show. And it was, it was so thoughtful. So Dan Andrews, he's actually a good friend, but he sent me a free copy of his book. Um, and there's a couple of others that sent me free copies of their books too. But um, a lady who I interviewed... Um, Tom X underwear. Her name is Francis. And she sent me a pair of underwear for free. And then a friend, Brad Hart, he sent me uh, a nice little thank you package, which is really cool. Like you remember that stuff, right? Out of 180 people, you, you know, I remember those three and you remember the ones that do that too. Absolutely. I think the ones that are even more thoughtful, by the way, it doesn't have to cost you anything. Just send a handwritten note. Yeah. Uh, and those are really powerful. I've, there's a company down in Austin that, uh, that I know quite well and I advise them or I still advise them and they will allow you to, uh, on Google apps, write out an email and turn that into a handwritten note Mm. that can be sent directly to someone. So it's even faster than that, right? Like they'll, and I think it costs about five bucks to be able to send that note. So if you just Google handwritten note, um, you know, digital handwritten note, you'll find these guys mm-hmm. and they're an awesome, like little niche company. But to me, that allows you to actually scale your, your thoughts, right? Like you can send a message on Facebook and that's, that's really cool. But, um, I think for me, it's just, it, it's so much more impactful to kind of have that, um, that direct, handwritten connection yeah it's 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 more personable for sure i we send um podcast follow-up thank yous through email so don't think that i'm cheap if i send you one after the show (laughs) i do that on a regular basis anyway i might have to check out this company in austin for you though (laughs) yeah Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.